The opinions of this podcast are my own and not necessarily the opinions of Berkshire Hathaway Home Services Ambassador Real Estate, any realtor associations, persons, or entities. If your property is currently listed with a real estate broker, please note that it is not our intention to solicit the offerings of other real estate brokers. Welcome back to Hunting Home. Today's guest is Tommy Grimes, and uh, Tommy actually uh, messaged me yesterday and was curious about coming on the podcast. So, Tommy, I bet you didn't uh, see yourself sitting in front of a mic 24 hours later. No, not at all. <laughs> it was a quick turnaround, but yeah. here we are, and, and sure enough, had nothing but free time. So, <laughs> so I know Tommy. We've, we've known each other for years. We actually went to high school together. Full disclosure, Tommy and I have actually never done any business together. But Tommy is um, an advocate for real estate, got himself into uh, investing in some properties, um, even into an Airbnb. So, you know, today's discussion is just is just what Tommy's experienced. I know that for me, talking to first-time investors, it's a lot of times getting over the hurdle um, of getting that first one, and, and it's educating. And so sometimes it helps if you can hear from somebody that has done it and uh, and believes in it. So... Tommy, tell us a little bit about your background. What's your work background and, and how did you get into buying and selling uh, real estate? No, sure. Absolutely. Um, what I would say is it, it's an interesting transition because, um, you know, coming out of like, uh, say, college, I, I tried the college thing, you know, when we were still going to high school, they were still pushing it pretty hard. And I think that's kind of changed a little bit with today's mm-hmm. society just because the different ways to make money. Uh, but so tried the college thing was playing football. Got hurt playing football. Um, once that happened, <laughs> uh, college was pretty much over for me. And then I basically, you know, uh, as they called me, uneducated. Yeah. Um, got out there and just tried to figure out well, what I was going to do to make the most amount of money. At the time, it was pretty easy to get a CDL. Um, yeah. So I, I went and I got a job at Ready Mix driving a truck. Yep. Um, and I remember seeing you around town. Oh yeah. yeah, those were the long days, man. They controlled your life. Um, they really did. You didn't know if you were working Saturday till Friday. You know, you got mm-hmm. one week off during the summer. You know, that was it. They they had control. Um, shout out to Lyman Richie. <laughs> <laughs> They're hiring too. Um, but no, that was fun. Did that for a while. After talking to a lot of the drivers, you know, and you could work you know, overtime. The pay wasn't bad. I was 20, 21, 22. Pay mm-hmm. wasn't bad. But you talk to a lot of drivers, and they're like, this is it. You know, you can't get into corporate. If you're, if you're a driver, especially if you don't have a college degree, you know, you're not getting into the office. You're not getting into corporate. So I drove for, for like four or five years, finally just got sick of the hours, you know. Yep. And these guys, I was asking me, what's the top pay around here? You know, they're like 70000 80000 which isn't bad. But keep in mind, that's nine months a year, working 60, 65. Yeah. You know, them having complete control, it just wasn't worth it. And that, yep. was, that was capped. Um, so at the time, I had a good buddy. He was working at TD Ameritrade. And uh, I knew that I needed to get into the office <laughs> where I could have a little bit more control of my schedule, the 9 to 5, and I just wanted to make a bunch of money. Mm-hmm. He was working at TD Ameritrade. You had to get licensed. I'm not so sure if he thought I could get licensed. Um, <laughs> it, it was just really tough. You had to go through the Series 7, 63, a couple of the other ones, 66. Um, so I ended up at TD Ameritrade, and that's where – I didn't know what I was getting into. I knew I had to pass the test, and then whatever was on the other side of those doors was money, and I mm-hmm. figured it out from there. Um, so that's where I really started talking with a lot of investors, a lot of investors in the stock market. Um, what I found out is people that invested in the stock market uh, had a lot of money normally. Not all of them. You can start very small, and a lot of people do. Um, but once you start cashing in on some real wealth, a lot of times stock market and real estate goes hand in hand. 
Um, so I was on the phones there talking to all these rich people, complaining. You know, I have to do this. I lost money here. I made all the money in the real estate. I just sold this property for X amount of dollars. When I first heard, that was where I first really started learning about cash flow and properties. And these guys were cash flowing five, ten, fifteen, twenty thousand a month. Mm-hmm. You know, and they've just owned them forever. You know, and you ask them, you know, how do you do this? Well, you know, I've owned it forever. Um, yeah, I got it in cheap. You know, and and that's kind of uh, where it took off from there. You know, so uh, thankfully at TD Ameritrade, I kind of worked my way up there, and uh, you know, started paying pretty well. And that's when I had a little bit of extra money. And I think it was 2018 that I finally bought my my first property um, here in Council Bluffs. And at that time, you know, uh, the market was just getting hot or had been hot for a little bit. Um, they were seeing some new highs, um, a lot of new highs. And people were like, you know, yeah. this is the end. Yeah, <laughs> you know? they were like, no one will ever pay this amount of money for this property again. No, and really. The year after that, we said the same thing. And then the year after that, we said the same thing. And it just kept going. Yeah. Absolutely. And so that's why, you know, you know, we've been hearing this now for five, six, seven years. And, you know, I'm sure at some point it's a cycle, right? It mm-hmm. goes up, it goes down. But who knows? <laughs> who knows when that's going to yeah. be? And um, until then, you know, just keep buying the properties. Yeah. yeah. So uh, buy your first property in 2018. And was that like exclusively a rental property or did you live in it? Or how, wh- what was the, how did that work? Sure. What I knew is that, you know, and some of this started back in high school is, you know, you don't want to rent too much. If you, instead of being a renter, if you own it and then rent it out, somebody's going to cash flow what we talked about. Um, so I knew that when I bought, it the, bought the first one, I, mm-hmm. I didn't really understand real estate and I didn't really understand appreciation as much as maybe I do now. Um, and the last five years has kind of shown me that in a rapid, you know, we've yep. seen some crazy things. It's you know, I don't know if it's normal or not normal for it to happen like it has over the last couple of years, but I know we won't see it again like this for a while. But what I'd say is I, I bought it, uh, it was, in my mind, 100% a rental the entire time. Now, when we start talking about lending, um, you know, there's a lot of different ways to get loans, and there's a lot of different ways to get into that. Now, I know where you're going with this. Yeah, so... It, yes, it was always going to be a rental. The best way, one of the best ways to, to do a loan well, and it's a lot tougher now because the real estate market's a little bit different. Um, I went FHA. Yep. Right? Um, so you don't have to put as much down. Mm-hmm. 3.5% makes it real comfortable. And, and you're able to even get it bought. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. You know, and, and I think about, you know, because with now with social media and things like that, you see these kids that own you know, sixplexes at 18 or, you know, they're rocking 30 units at, you know, 21 years old just because it happens like that. And it, you know, it, everybody's situation is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the, the biggest step is however you have to do it. There's a lot of ways, different ways to do it. Mm-hmm. Get the first one done. Um, you know, a lot of people, I can tell you, here's a perfect example. My brother, a little bit younger. I got him by three years. He's trying the whole house hacking method right now. He bought his first house. He put his, I think it was 10% down. Uh, Maybe he got to stay in it for a year. He went conventional. And he threw his rooms up for rent on Craigslist for 400 bucks a piece. Now, it's worked out for him. I mean, it's a four-bedroom upstairs, and he lives in the basement, right? So he's got all four rooms upstairs, Mm -hmm. um, rented out 400 a piece. You know, it's 1600 a month. His mortgage isn't that much. Yeah. That's one way to do it. And that's yeah. if you can live with that. Yeah, it's tough. It, yeah. It's tough. And he hasn't, you know, thank God. You know, he's kicked uh, kicked one guy out. They didn't really work. But that's yeah. what you get when you charge 400 bucks a room. 
Um, you know, some people think that's crazy, but it comes right with now, the territory. Yeah, and that's yeah. you know, circling back around, that's what makes real estate so attractive if you're an investor. Um, is because you know, people were kind of, you know, social media has that impact on people like freaking out 400 bucks a room, blah, 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 blah. They filled up and he's filled yep. them up again and he's going to do it again and again yep. because that's the power of real estate. You buy something. Now he's doing a little bit different, renting each one out and still living there. But like I said, he's <laughs> he's renting out for 1600 for the top half of the house and he's splitting it with everybody. That's covering utilities. It's covering your mortgage. And he's living for free right now. When you can't even rent a one bedroom for a thousand bucks and anywhere decent, yeah, you know what I mean. So, when I bought my first one, I uh, went FHA, and honestly, I didn't have you know I was still working at Ready Mix, so we were grinding for that money. And there was no bonus checks. Yeah, Ameritrade was a little bit different. I learned about sales. Sales very important. You know, bonus checks, mm-hmm. commission checks. That's, and that's where some of these really wealthy start building their money is because, you know, if you are working the day-to-day grinding a lot of people ask you know how do you do it how do you save up that down payment and really there's not a secret sauce to it right it's a slow grind well no it's it doesn't have to be a slow grind right it it is a slow grind for yeah. a lot and depending on your situation whether you have kids or mm-hmm. you know car payments you know i drive a really really crappy car i actually bought it for my brother for a thousand bucks couple weeks ago because mine caught on fire right because it was crappy i had it i only paid 1500 bucks for that car 12 years ago and and you know drove it for 50,000 miles the reason why is because it's a depreciating asset you know it doesn't make you money now the reliable the reliability issues definitely a thing but i just drove around town it wasn't that big of a deal but the whole point is yes you know depending on how you do it it can be a slow grind what it comes down to is if you're only making x amount of dollars whatever it might be, 50, 60, 70,000. Yes, it's going to take you longer. So step number one is increasing how much you make. You have to mm-hmm. do it. You can never have a lot of money if you don't make a lot of money. A lot of different ways to side hustle. <laughs> you know, real estate can be a hustle. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, that itself can be a, a hustle for you and depends on how you do it. But yes, you have to make a lot of money. The biggest thing I've seen personally in my life where a lot of people str- struggle with money is you can make as much as you want, and that is very important. But if you can't save the money... Yeah, it's a different story. It does you no good, you know what yeah. I mean? It, do, it does you no good if you yep. cannot save the money that you make. Yep. So, I mean, you want the secret sauce. There it is. You have to find a way to make a lot of money. You have to find that, a way to save it. Man. It's that easy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and when it comes down to it, people think real estate's big, bad, and scary. For the most part, give or take, you know, I, I found one house at a really good deal. I, the one in the Ozarks cost us more. And when I say us... Uh, the one in the Ozarks, the Airbnb, it's not, that one was not just me. <laughs> and I, and I, was, I told my girlfriend as well, I was like, I can't do this deal. I can't drive five hours, you know, every weekend, yeah. six hours every weekend by myself. So the yeah. only way I can do this, I really want to do this. The only way I can do it is if you help me. Because yep. along with, you know, the drive by yourself or working on it, that's one thing. But then it was an Airbnb. And uh, I'm not the one that's designing or yeah, and, <laughs> doing yeah. anything that has to you know, We had to order towels and just everything, towels, everything that you put into a house, which yeah. I've never done because I've rented, um, never really owned, didn't you know, furnish it, never anything. lived in my own piece of real estate. <laughs> I yeah. still haven't to this day. And that's also one of those things where you don't spend the money where you don't have to. Yeah. Um, you know, houses are can be expensive as well. Yeah. So save a lot of money, make a lot of money. It's kind of how it works. There's lots of different ways. You know, um, I don't have kids. A lot of people do. That's fine. Your kids are important. Your time is important. All that stuff is important. 
But there's always going to be a way to make money in between, fill the gaps, save your money. Depends yeah. on how fast or quick you want to do it. You know, like you said, it just mm-hmm. depends on the grind. So I bought my first one, FHA. Sure, I lived there for a year, just like you're supposed to. Um, of course I did. Mm-hmm. Had it rented out. And so for the last four years, I haven't made really the payment on it ever. And that's the beauty about yep. real estate. Like we talked about, I remember I paid 1095 And it was, I don't know, probably f- maybe 5000 over Potco, maybe 10000 over Potco. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was right at what it was. That's the assessed value, yep. And I was concerned. Um, I was like, man, I'm really overpaying for this yeah. one. Um, and so then you fast forward, like I said, to now. And, you know, a house like that, it's right outside of city limits. I got a renter in there now. Mm-hmm. It's cash flowing. The cool part was, of course, COVID. I, I bought the house. In 18, COVID came around. Didn't really know what I wanted to do with it, what I was going to do with it. But I certainly knew that, you know, 2.65 interest rate sounded pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I took it from a, a 30 down to a 15-year mortgage. What I, my goal at the time was pay everything off. Fast you pay everything off, you own it, cash flows more. Mm-hmm. No brainer. That's one way to do things. Then over the years, what I learned, you know, so that I refinanced, got it down to the 15, locked it in that that 2.65. You know, that's tough to be. That, that's, that's one of those properties that you got to keep for a while. Yeah. Because you'll never find that interest rate. And now it's going to be paid off in 15 yeah. years. Why? Why pay it off? <laughs> yeah. So that's just the thing. The, the more you grow with real estate, the more you see there's different ways to do it. Now you have to be careful um, because, yes, the idea of leverage, right? Why? And I, I saw this now is I should have, you know, refinanced into a 30 Borrow that money at that cheap interest rate. It might it might have been three percent instead, but I'll never see that interest rate again for a very long time. Yeah. Um. And if I could have locked it in for thirty, took the mortgage. I have the mortgage right now. I think is, uh, thousand twenty six bucks or something like that. Mm-hmm. I got it rented for twelve hundred, which is too low. I really like the guy in there. He's taking care of it. I well, that's no a whole problems. other. Yeah, that's yeah. a whole other discussion <laughs> yeah. too. It's like, you know, if you have a good tenant. I mean, my my belief, and and you can expand on this, but my belief is it is like as much about the tenant as it is about the property. Um, because if you have, I mean, just like we were talking about before the podcast, so you have a bad tenant in there, it's going to cost you money. Oh yeah. Oh, without a doubt. Um, you know, there's so many different ways it can cost you money. I mean, yeah. there's, there's so many things they can do. The damages, they don't pay the trash bill and there's a lien on the house. Mm-hmm. Um, just anything. And you know, the first time that first property I bought, the first time I had to kick somebody out of there, they left a tanning bed behind. You know, didn't pay last month's rent. Literally the worst thing that you could leave <laughs> yeah. behind. Well, yeah, a pool table or a tanning bed. Yeah, and you can't, they're heavy. You can't get rid of them because all those stupid light bulbs are, you know, can't just go drop it at the dump. So, yeah, yeah no, that's a... Uh, so is that in your new lease agreement? No tanning yeah, no, beds? No tanning beds, yeah, without a doubt. <laughs> but what I also found is that with the lease agreements, you know, they'll sign anything. They don't really care. They'll, they'll do what they want anyways, you know. Yeah. So um, real estate investing... You know, it, it pros and cons, right? It's it's not. It's a lot of work. The first, I don't know, 25 people I talked about for real estate investing, they all said, you don't want to be a landlord. Yep. You know? Well, you know, I don't want to be broke either. I don't want to work yeah. my whole life. You know, I don't want to have one source of income. There's a lot of things I don't want to do. You know, do I want to go fix a toilet? No. Did it take me, you know, two hours because something else broke while I was there? Yeah, of course. Does it suck? Yeah, but, you know, does the property cash flow? thousand bucks? Yeah. Some of them do. You know, yeah. So it's pff. well. That that was my next question. Is you know that is the the biggest 
you know, negative thing that I hear people say when it comes down to when you're going to be investing in real estate. And it's, it's like the people, one thing that people always say is, I don't want to get that phone call at two o'clock in the morning that the furnace is out or whatever it might be. And to me, it's like, number one, it's all about the property that you buy and how prepared you are when you get a tenant in there. Are you taking care of things? Did you fix things? And number two, you can hire a property manager. Yeah, give up ten percent. Yeah, save yourself all the hassle, man. Yeah, and I mean, if you want to, if that's if if it depends on what your goal is, you know, is it cash flow? Is it is it retirement? Is it a nest egg for your kids? Whatever it is, it just depends on what yeah. your yeah depends on what your what problem you're trying to solve. And uh, for me, in my personal experience with with rental properties, is yeah, there's times that they can be a little bit annoying and things break and you got to handle it. But I mean, there's also times when I go for months and they're, they operate fine. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's like, and as time goes and as, as the years go by and you see those assets appreciating, you're like, man, I wish I would have done more sooner. The only thing I ever heard from those people at TD Ameritrade is I wish I never would have sold one of them. Yep. And I talked to all these people that, you know, they get to 50, 60 years old and they've cashed in their retirement or whatever it is they're living and they start buying that piece of real estate and it starts cash flowing 500 bucks, 400 bucks a month. And then it appreciates. And they're like, man, I should, you know, I, why did we wait so long? Why did we wait so long to buy that first piece of property? And, and what I would say about the, being a landlord, you can be the landlord, you cannot hire somebody, not. A lot of people that complain about it are the ones that, I mean, and don't, don't want to say this the wrong way, but just don't have the money for it. They'll never do it. They're worrying about problems they'll never have. Yeah. Um, yeah. They'll never get started. They'll never take the risk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sucks. I deal with them now. I, I'm definitely not a handyman. I mean, I've forced to. I've been forced to learn. Are you a YouTube handyman? <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. That's how. Yeah. It, I mean, and and so and, um, big shout out to some of my friends. I got a couple of them that man, they are handyman and they donate their time to me like no other. I own my life. Um, so, but that's just it. It you'll always find a way if yeah. you want to do it. If you really want to do it, you'll always find a way. Yeah. Now, can you buy one house and? You know, let's say you save five years. It takes you five years to save 20%. I bought all my houses $100,000. A lot of them, give or take, more or less, but right right around the $100,000 range. It's 20000 down plus your closing. 25000 maybe mm-hmm. all in. Two couples, you save that money, maybe it takes you five years. You can buy one. That will cash flow. It'll appreciate you. Know, that's fine. Now, you save up a little bit more. Maybe you can't afford to hire the property manager to pay somebody to do everything, that's fine. Yep. Right? There's different ways to do it. Now, did I choose to, instead of hiring a property manager, instead of hiring a plumber or a drywaller, to go in there, you know, sweat equity, right? Go yep. in there, do it myself, handle it, deal with the stress. You know, like I said, no kids, lots of free time. Uh, and then buy four or five at, you know, over yeah. a short span. Yeah, that's how I did it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily suggest it. Um, it's a little stressful. You know, it yeah. can be a lot. Um, but, yeah, you can do it as slow as as fast. Anybody can do it, but it just matters. Do you want to do it is the question. Yeah. People don't want to work that hard. You know, mm-hmm. it is. There are late phone calls, but I mean, not very often. Yeah. How many times have I taken a phone call where the house is on fire? Zero. Knock on wood. Right. Well, now. and that's the thing. Like most, most of the issues that come about, you might have a tenant call you and say, hey, this is going on. And, and really all you can do is say, you know, for me, I've been in the situation where I've gone down there and gone to wherever it is and fixed the issue. If I knew that I could go down there and fix it like within a reasonable amount of time. But I'm, it took me a little time, but now I understand what I will and what I will not do. 100%. And so now I know that if I get that call, 
it's just a matter of me making a call to someone else. Yeah. And saying, exactly. hey, I got this going on. $125 service. Yes. I'm like, <laughs> when can this be taken care of? And that's all I can do. You yeah. know, I mean, things break. Uh, if you're a homeowner, things break. Things have to be fixed, you know. And so um, that's, and that also goes back to having a good tenant that's paying attention to those things and, and is taking care of them and letting you know when things break so that you can get them fixed before things get spiral out of control and, and all that. When, you're, when your sink faucet is spraying water all over everything and just soaking everything, your tenant should call you, and a good one will. Right. Yeah. Maybe they know how to fix it. Maybe they don't. But the one I, <laughs> the one I had the other day, or it's been a while now. But the 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 front screen door wasn't latching properly, so the wind would catch it. Just had the same deal. <laughs> yeah. I said, well, that sure sounds terrible. Maybe we should get that fixed. That's one of those things that I do not need to be fixing. To a certain degree, yes, I am the landlord, and I'm responsible for the major things and some of the minor things too. And, and if I'm a good landlord, I'll take care of a lot of mm-hmm. things. But to a certain degree, you live there too, right? I didn't yeah. break the I didn't break the latch. Where did the latch go? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. Um, so yeah, you, you know, jump on Amazon, send it over there. I really hope you can take out the screws and get it fixed. Mm-hmm. Right? That's your responsibility. Yep. You know, at the same time, I was kind of telling you today. Um, made my first circle all the way around the sales cycle. I bought a lot of properties today. Uh, you know, looking at some other adventures down the road, small business things like that. I sold my first property. Um, but that property, you know, speaking about some of these kind of bad tenants, you know, I had a nice property, built a, a brand new deck and railing all the way around it, and it went right up to the, the parking pad that sat there. So I show up there to inspect the house after they told me they're not paying the rent, they're not gonna, you know, they're they're moving out, and. It was clear as day, a whole big section of the railing had just been smashed. And I'm standing there looking at it, looking at the tree above, trying to figure out how this happened. Yep. Of course, you turn to look at them as a couple of 21-year-olds, and they say, oh, we have no, no idea no what. idea how it happened. And then all of a sudden, one of them, you know, after I'm pressing them for a while, like, hey, dude, this is clearly destroyed, brand new, smashed. You know, what happened? And one of them pipes up from the back, and he says, well, it looks like somebody might have might have hit it. I'm like, oh yeah, this ex- you know, it's all pushed forward. You know, and it's right next to the p- place you park. So, sure enough, someone swung into the driveway, you know, smashed it. But yeah, you know, thousand dollar fix could be. You know, it was yeah. pretty expensive. Um, so yeah, you can have good ones. You can have. I have one that uh, called me just about a faucet. I it's you know it's a well water. It's a well. It's a house with the well sits right out of prop right out of town. Has hard water. Mm-hmm. Logs up the the faucet. They wanted a new one. That's the only time I've heard from them in the last six months. Yeah. You know, is everybody struggling to pay rent right now? They sure are. The best advice I got from somebody that owns a lot of real estate is don't let them get a month behind. Press them. Text them. Keep them accountable. If they're, if they're, <laughs> once they make it to that month, they're never going to make that up. You know, If they can't yeah. pay this month, they're not going to pay two, two months worth next month. Start snowballing. Yeah, and how do you get ahead? You know, I feel for these people. I remember renting a three-bedroom for 900 and being like, man, we got to come up with 300 a month. You know, and that wasn't too terrible. That was t- within 10 years, yeah. probably. Um, so, yeah, rent's expensive, but it's, you know, it's tough. Mm-hmm. Last statistic I heard was Omaha, our council bluffs area, is 80,000 houses short. You know, that's the real estate, you know, the real estate market is what's driving some of this. You know, mm-hmm. nobody, nobody can buy, nobody can sell. You know, people can't move into these places. It's just, it's one of those things that's kind of tough right now. Yeah, I looked uh, this morning and for Council Bluffs proper, so inside city limits, Council Bluffs of active available listings, all price ranges, there's 24. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, so, I mean, you know, you have, uh, if you just look at houses between two and 300,000, there might be one house 
Yeah. And so then you have all these buyers, you know, and that's what keeps driving the price up. And when I tell people that and I say, hey, there's multiple offers on, if it's a good house, there's multiple offers on it. I wrote an offer on a property in Omaha last week at 255,000, had 40 offers on it. Isn't that just insane? Yeah. And so, I mean, it's going on and people say, I just don't understand that with the interest rates being, you know, quote unquote high. And I'm like, well, they're high compared to what they were. But what we're used to. That's all they're high. Yeah. You talk, yeah. to, talk to the 30, 40, or the 40, 50, 60. Yeah. I don't know how many, I was complaining about this. I don't know how many of them started off their story with, when I bought my house, and keep in mind, they bought their house for you know, 25,000. It was when 18%. I bought, <laughs> exactly, 15, 18. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, sure, yeah. okay. Yeah, but it, it's, you know, people don't understand. I was like, okay, so the interest rate is a little bit higher, but there's even less supply. And oh, so yeah. it's like, if you if you truly need somewhere to go, you're going to pay for it and people are willing to pay for it. And they're under the impression that hopefully, you know, I can make this payment if I have to. And, but hopefully in, you know, in the next two to five years, I can refinance and get a little bit lower rate, be more comfortable where I'm at and still have the house and hopefully build equity. I mean, nobody that, you know, bought four or five years ago at 5% is mad today because they bought then because they had, they gained a hundred thousand dollars in equity over the last, you know, not four at years. All. And the, the refinance, that's, I mean, that's really important. If you don't understand refinance, definitely something to look at because yeah. you can, I mean, yeah, you buy high, it's not great. You can always lower that thing down. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and we will, it's a cycle. It'll come back and, and interest rates are important, but at the same time, it can't dictate everything. Like you said, I sold my house, you know, this is one that I was a property I was just frustrated with, but sold it last year or bought it last year. You know, this year I decided I needed some capital. Decided it was the first one I'm selling because I had those ba- bad tenants, and uh, listed it on the market within 24 hours. It was like I think 10, 12 showings, and yeah. then just like that, six offers on a house that it had a beautiful deck. It was a guy who it was his first house. He needed somewhere mm-hmm. to go. It's a tough time, you know. But there's always going to be two sides of the ball. Right? Oh yeah, always going to be a good and a bad. Right. You just, where are you, where are you, where are you landing? Hopefully on both sides. And I'm hoping to capitalize. I'm going to sell one now. I'm going to buy a business. It's going to generate some cash flow. And I'm, yep. you know, if it does go down a little bit in the next coming years, guess what? I'm, I'm going to buy again. Mm-hmm. I'm going to wait for it to go back up because that's how it works. It'd be funny because you'll probably look back even on this one with the bad tenant and be like, man, I, I mean, obviously you sold oh. it, you needed the capital, but I'm sure you're probably like, I wish I didn't have to sell this to... I'm going to see it float up back on Realtor.com yeah. in, in 25 years, and it's going to be 325000 yeah. and I'm going to be like, oh, I should have kept it. It's tough. It's you're, you're, As an investor, you know, I, I, don't, I love real estate. It's not the only direction I go, I think. Yeah, got to diversify a little bit. Absolutely, and I got plenty. Yeah, it's, not, it's not the only house I have, right? And so, um, you know, a lot of the, like we talked about, the wealthy, you know, business, they have, that's where they generate their cash flow. And you can do it in real estate too, but big business, big dollars. And then they use that money, they take their cash flow, and they buy real estate because mm-hmm. of the appreciation. Not only the appreciation, tax they also benefits. They cash flow and the tax benefits. Yep. Tax benefits are huge. As I found out from the IRS this year, they like their money. And if you make a lot of it, they think they deserve yeah. a lot of it. Yeah. It's tough. You mentioned briefly that, so you know, you've been in the, in the rental game for a while, and now you've got into the short-term rental with Airbnb. Um, is that something that you, at this point with your experience, do you plan to do more of? Do you like that experience or do you like more of like the single family, like longer term type rental? So we're new, right? We're new to the Airbnb game and it was, it was a lot. It'd been really nice to do like an Airbnb around here locally. Yeah. We've even kicked around the idea of maybe helping some people 
you know, we're always looking at business. And when I say we, me and my girlfriend, but business opportunities or ideas. Yep. And I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that would like to maybe start an Airbnb, don't know how to go about doing it. Um, and it's not super tough, but the the short answer is yes. There's a lot of money in short-term rentals. There's a lot of foot traffic. They're hard on your house. Things yep. are going to get broken. My girlfriend's having you know, breakdowns sometimes when there's you know some you know people going in and out, and then we find things that have been broken, or you know they they move some things, or they took something, or whatever it might be. Uh, short term is is a little bit, I don't want to say harder. It's different, but the money is what yeah. what you do it for. And here's what I'll say: we don't have you know we're new in the Ozarks. We're, we're waiting to see what happens. Um, this is our first summer, right? Bought it last year. Spent a lot of time fixing it up over. Um, the winter, and now we're just getting to the, the fun part. We have maybe less than 10 bookings right now, maybe six or so, and it's just getting started. Now, with that being said, uh, the month of May is where it kind of gets interesting. We've had some short ones off-season, stay over the weekend, stay a couple of nights. It, it nets you a couple hundred bucks. Yeah. What we're just getting into now is some people with those seven-night stays, mm-hmm. you know, and then maybe a couple of them in a month. I think what I calculated the other day, it's two of our bigger stays so far, but it'll be in May. Um, they'll be it'll be rented back to back basically with maybe a day in between, and it'll be ten total days, and it's gonna net just shy of about forty five hundred, I think thirty five maybe thirty eight thirty nine hundred. So um, it's not too bad. Now that's close to four x the mortgage, right? Now yeah. we bought in the Ozarks. It's seasonal. Right, we pay a mortgage twelve months out of the yeah, year. Yeah. We're only probably renting it you know, six, maybe, maybe nine. Um, so, yes, I would do it. You know, the key kind of the kind of the key is you gotta have traffic. Right, people gotta yep. people gotta rent. Now, what we kind of learned in the Ozarks is that Airbnbs aren't necessarily new, and there's a lot, a lot of, of options. Yeah, yeah there's it, and so we we just had this conversation with the the company that kind of helps us manage it. They do a, a decent job. Don't love them. But they basically said right now, uh, kind of a downturn, not as many people traveling this time of the year specifically right now. And it's just kind of a saturated market. Also had, you know, one of my real estate, it's my buddy's dad. He's big into real estate. And he said, watch out. Airbnbs are great. They can generate a ton of money. But they're also, you know, the, the latest crave. Everybody wants to run an Airbnb. Yeah. And they serve a giant purpose. I don't know about you, but I use a lot of Airbnbs. Yeah. When I go travel normally with a group of people, we're using an Airbnb versus a hotel. Yeah. So they serve their purpose. But yeah, I mean, there is probably concern that in certain areas, saturation, mm-hmm. right? A lot of it going on. A lot of people renting, a lot of Which options. And also has been an impact on our just our housing market with, you know, not so much like locally. Um, here in Omaha and Council Bluffs, but you know, just around the country, is you have people buying up property to use them as Airbnb properties, and then they can afford to pay more for them because they can cash flow more from them. Um, and just as we've watched property values rise, and it trickles down because I mean, exactly what you said is happening, right? But that's people turning them into an investment property, right? And then the investors taking it away from the single family home, yeah. right? And but it's a tough game, too, and it depends on how you do your investing. I'm not an expert by any means, right? I'm out here fumbling along. Like I said, started yeah. this a couple of years ago. Uh, I, <clears throat> you get bit. You f- Trust me, you figure it out. You know, you learn. Um, but you know, I can't necessarily say I could pay more for a house than maybe somebody that's a single family. 
But when it comes down to numbers, mm-hmm. and maybe you can, um, because I know I'm also I'm looking for cash flow. You know, they're not necessarily, but if it is going to cash a flow, maybe I can't afford more than this sense. person yeah. can because I'm going to make my money back. Yep. Um, and I, I feel like right now we're kind of spoiled in the real estate. You know, is every property going to, you know, you can buy any property. You find a decent deal, keep it at 100, 120, 130,000. A lot of people follow the 1% rule. Yep. If you, you buy it for 130, you can rent it for 1300. If you get a three bedroom, it's all day right now. You know yeah. what I mean? And, you know, <clears> and the thing, what I found is, I've only been doing it a couple of years. I got I'm to the point where people, everybody I know, hey, do you have something open? Do you is something available? Yeah, because I mean? it's so short. You know, yep. no, I only got a couple of them anyways. And and no, the people that are there, you know, I had a tenant there day said, hey, I'm looking to move out. I said okay, you know, right now as a landlord, you're okay with that because guess what, it's gonna fill. And he said okay. I was like, you know, you're you're month to month on the on the lease anyways. Mm-hmm. If you're looking, that's fine. Haven't heard anything back from him because couldn't find anything. <laughs> It's tough to buy. Yeah, he's paying thirteen hundred for a three bedroom, one bath. He's got a he's got a big family. If anything, he needs a four bedroom. And where are you going to find that right yeah. now? You can, three bedrooms are tough. Yeah, at thirteen hundred. Yeah, you know anything bigger or nicer is going to be fifteen, sixteen, seventeen hundred. Mm-hmm. You know it's it's just a tough market. But yep. same time, if you're an investor, you're making more more cash flow than you ever have on your properties, selling at all time highs. You know it's. It's just what side of the ball are you on? Yep. Um, and hopefully you can put yourself on both sides of them. Yeah. You know? Sell now and <clears throat> wait two years, wait six months. We don't know how long it's going to be. Maybe rent for a little bit. And then when the market goes, you know, turn that, you sold your house for 500 It's going to buy a whole lot of house here in a little bit. You know what I mean? So. It, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I get that a lot from people too, is that they say, I'm going to wait. Yeah. And I've had people wait for a year. And I've had people, you know, and and not not really for like they did it on purpose, but maybe they couldn't get something bought. Mm-hmm. And it's like a, just a simple, simple thing is like, okay, if you're a lot of these people are very close to getting something bought. You know, we're talking five, ten grand from getting something bought. Mm-hmm. And I said, think about what you're going to spend on rent for a year, yeah. and think about the equity you're going to miss out on for a year, and the appreciation you're going to miss out on for a year. I'm like, that's much greater than the five or ten thousand dollars that you may be willing to pay not pay at this point and then when people see that they're like okay that makes sense you absolutely. know absolutely and, and like you said it, go, it goes both ways there's both sides of it and there's always going to be yeah i can tell you when i first started looking for my first house i was young which makes it even harder to buy a house i didn't really have any money i'm not sure how mm-hmm. i was going to do it i ended up pulling out of my 401k which you know, time was perfect um but i think we went through Maybe 10 houses. Um, and I didn't even know what I wanted. And at that time, I was looking for a rental property. But it was my first house, so I wanted, like, something. You wanted something decent. Uh, yeah, yeah. I had no idea. And, you know, <laughs> the floors had to be perfect and all this yeah. other stuff. So it made it quite a challenge. Yeah. Um, and then I bought that first one. Then I did it again with the second one, but it was a whole lot easier. But that's when the market was tough. Mm-hmm. You know, so I bought the first one. And it took us forever just because of me. I wasn't sure I couldn't afford half of them. Half of them weren't good enough for me. I wanted... Location is pretty important. Yeah. In my book, you can buy bad property. You can fix a lot of things. But if you're in a bad location. change your location. No, you can't. It's really hard to do. Yeah. Um, But with that being said, then by the time I was rolling around, you know, first one went decently well. Yep. Saw some of the numbers, some of the tax benefits, some of the cash flow. It was all going pretty well. I'm ready to do this again. Yeah. TD Ameritrade started going well. I'm ready to do this again. Yep. Um, So then that next one, number two was tough. 
That's when we got it. We got into some offers on that one too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we saw, we looked at a lot of property and I was getting beat out by cash offers, the, the heavy investors, um, the ones that are coming in buying these things, no questions asked. Yeah. So we did it for a long time. And this is what I'd say. And, you know, we, we've talked, you kind of mentioned how we haven't done any business together. And this is why I'd say that's because, you know, I know you use my best friends use you mm-hmm. have nothing but kind words. And that's maybe kind of why I'm here. But when you, when you go through a property and the first thing in a real estate agent, when you find one that is watching your back, I know when I use mine that she's going to watch out. She's not going to let me buy something that's, you know, and there's some yeah. things you can't get past, but there don't buy this because of the location. You see that wall there? That's going to be a problem in 10 years. Yeah, she put them out. Put them out. She won't let me get into those bad yep. situations. And then when they take that ride and they have no problem showing you fifteen, she didn't want to show me fifteen houses on that first one. Nobody wants to go through that. Yeah, the realtors, you know, he's frustrated. The buyers are frustrated. You know, the only people right now winning are the sellers. Let's mm-hmm. be honest. Um, but when you go through that and you do it on a house, and you do it on that second house, and she's watching my back, you know that that when you develop that relationship, she's willing to go through that to help me out. Yep. That's important, that's right? What it, yep, that's so, what it's all about. Someday I'll be looking for a new realtor. Um, it's not today. You know, I, there's, I have all kinds of friends. Everybody's getting in the game, whatever it might be. A lot of people know a lot of realtors. Mm-hmm. But when you find one that develops that relationship and takes care of you, oh, why, yeah. would, why would I go anybody? I, lots yeah. of people try to steal that business. Nope. Lots of new ones, right? And I have, like I said, friends that get into the business. But why would I? Yeah. She's taking care. She answers my phone call every time. Yeah. And that's... That's what I want, you know, that's what I want my clients to say too, you know, I, that, and that's, that's why I, you know, mentioned that first thing is everyone knows somebody, you know, and if someone's doing a good job for you, let them do a good job for you, you know, so Tommy, I got to wrap this thing up. I actually got to go show a house here shortly, but I appreciate you uh, coming in today. I appreciate you reaching out and uh, I'm sure we'll have more conversations down the road and uh, hopefully you can get some more properties under your belt. Absolutely. It's been a terrific time Thanks, Tommy.